Hey everyone, it is your host Sam for Everything In Me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast as always. Um, I think I want to kind of jump right into this episode mainly because I'm in a place right now where I felt was quite necessary to discuss kind of what I'm feeling. It's kind of urgent. Um, Talking about sharing your story. Now, it's a lot to unpack. So what I mean by definition, if you will, your story, it is the path, the journey, the things that you've done, um, the things that have been done to you that have created who you are, shaped who you are. All of us have a story. Some of us, you know, have a very traumatic story. Um, Some of us have stories that are inspiring and just blissful, Um, but Either way you look at it, the story is important. The story is valuable. Um, Some of us tell our stories a lot more than others, um, but I think it is important to understand and own your story. You know, living in your truth is a very, very hard thing sometimes to live in, especially when it's a truth that you're unhappy with or you feel out of control of. you know, when you have certain things that have happened to you that disrupt disrupted you, um, hurt you, put you in a place where you never expected you would be. Um, and so it's important to reframe your story, not necessarily taking away from it. So not telling all the parts or, you know, believing a whole new story. It's more about deciding how and what is the best way to speak on my story, discuss my story, um, and put my story in a place where it supports me. It supports the journey that I'm on. It supports the, um, the place that I want to be in, the person that I'm working to become. Now, this I'm a big advocate of therapy, you know, a dream team, this cannot be done alone. I don't advise it to be done alone, um, simply because it's so important to, you know, put yourself in a place to absorb other people's adaptations of your story. Not that they are taking it and misconstruing it, but helping you redesign it into something that you can be proud of, something that you can understand from a different purview and put pieces together in ways that you're not able to see it because that's your story. You own it. And so when it's read by others, there's different interpretations, um, different meaning to it. And it can definitely help you kind of open your eyes to a new way um, of absorbing your story. Now, everyone, as I mentioned before, has a story. My story is, you know, unique it is um, trying, it is testing, it is resilient, it is um, moving, it is jaw-dropping, um, it's definitely a, a mouthful. Um, and, and through this podcast, I've been able to kind of share bits and pieces of my story. You know, it's, it's different now, obviously, to share your story when you're in a place of complete wanting to grow and to um, own your story and understand your story. You know, the place in which that I remember the moment when I decided to, to own my story. And I think that's a big part of sharing your stories, owning it. 
and um, I was actually listening to an audiobook, and I think I mentioned this at one point, but um, I was listening to the audiobook, and it talked about, she basically said, Jennifer Lewis, Miss Jennifer Lewis, um, she talks about her life story, and um, she talks about basically, you know, everything she's been through, you know, what challenges she faced. And in the end, um, she really encourages everyone essentially to own their story, recognize their story, believe in their story. The, the, the book itself is called The Mother of Black Hollywood. And um, it was so such an eye opener for me because I felt like, you know, when you have a story that you don't even want to believe exists, um, that you actually endured these things, that you have actually went through these things, there's a form of almost disassociation that goes on that you kind of adapt over time so you're able to deal with it, to cope with it. And as that happens and as you start to disassociate, then you become further and further away from its purpose, its meaning, its uniqueness, you know, the journey that you're on, the path that has been laid out for you and you only. Now, the reason why I think owning your story correlates so much with sharing your story is when you disassociate, then the story becomes distant. It doesn't, it's no, it's losing its power. Now, in these traumatic experiences that we've all had, you know, to some degree, some have been obviously way more than others. And for those of you who have had those stories, you know, I see you and I hear you. And hearing some other people's stories, as I have before, it's very heartbreaking to know that there are people that I interact with, that sometimes I have a brief moment with, that have such disheartening stories. But in the new way of thinking, at least for me now, and seeing a lot more people um, owning and being their biggest cheerleader within their stories and how they tell their stories, it's so motivational and empowering. And I know that place doesn't always come easy to get to that place of, you know what? Yes, I've been put into a nasty place in life. Or yes, I've been through hell and back. I've seen the ugly. I've seen the hurt before. Um, it's not easy. You know, I've personally attempted suicide at a young age. I've dealt with bullying. I've dealt with traumatic experiences, verbal abuse. Um, I've been in places where, you know, I thought my life was going to be taken away. I've been in, you know, dysfunctional, unhealthy relationships. Um, I've been in very sketchy situations that I didn't belong in. You know, I've been through accidents and and still feeling the effects of that. I've been through so many different dynamic negatives in my life, but I just don't see myself succumbing to allowing myself to be a miserable, bitter person. And as, you know, certain triggers occur and either attempt to bring me back to that space or, you know encourage me, if you will, in ways to be in that space. I do everything in my power 
because I'm my biggest critic of how to get out of that space, how to rewrite the story or how to um, try to develop a better story. The outcome doesn't always have to be negative. You know, it can sometimes be salvaged. It can sometimes be the greatest lesson of life. Um, So many times we endure so many different things that we feel helpless. We feel that we are out of control of. But in a lot of times we do have the opportunity to make different decisions, better decisions to create a different outcome if the if the situation presents itself again, if it um, comes through as being, you know, something that could potentially be a cycle or um, um, a pattern, we have the opportunity to break, break through. Now, it may take multiple attempts. You know, for me personally, I talk about the Enid in me and talking to my siblings today and, you know, just talking about how our mom truly um, ingrained in us so many different things, both good and bad. Um, On this particular occasion, we were talking about the negative. And um, I see my anger show up in different ways. And I've talked to my therapist about this, and I mentioned this as well too in a former episode. But that story of me taking control of a situation that I really had no control over in all honesty, but by blowing myself up or, you know, asserting myself in a manner that allowed me to at least what I felt at the time grasp control. But then what that did is it ripped away the opportunity of another to speak up for themselves or create um, an, a, a, a place where I could understand them. And, you know, as hard as is that for me to swallow that I have had instances where I participate in relationships on my own, that I was too, I was just too much to handle. And going back to thinking of me as a child, why do, why my story have to, to end that way? Like, or be, why was my story that way in the beginning, in the first place? Um, when you have a tendency to not be heard or your voice be silenced because um, those raising you, parents or non-parents, um, are in a place where they're unable to, they're not equipped or unable to handle, or they don't have the patience or the tolerance to give you the space to blossom and to grow and to try and to fail and to just completely submerge themselves within your life, you have a tendency to want to speak up a little bit more. You know, you can either kind of put that to the wayside or you can kind of say, you know what? Anytime I get a chance, I am going to say whatever I feel because I will no longer be silenced. And that behavior trickled, you know, showed up differently in my siblings. Me personally, I have been a very vocal, outspoken person. Um, I didn't always communicate effectively, and I still don't. I'm still working on that. But I'm always an advocate of sharing, acknowledging, repeating if you have to, not giving up, um, you know, 
tweaking your story because it's so valuable. You don't know how your story can connect with others. Now, there are some negatives to sharing your story. And one, you're putting yourself in a place where you can be very vulnerable. You're putting yourself in a place where you could technically be judged. Sometimes they're vocal about it. Sometimes it's behind closed doors. Um, but the thing, the one thing to remember is that no one else can rewrite this story for you. No one else can take the story away from you. No one else can redesign this story. No one else can live and be this story, but you, um, you also get to choose the, um, language in which you use to discuss or to, um, tell this story. So it can be from a very positive standpoint, a very encouraging, a very eye-opening standpoint. It can also be in a very teachable moment standpoint. There's so many ways in which you can share this information, but it's also very important because of the fact that you never know the takeaways in which someone else may have once they hear your story. And there's so many people that I've been in contact with, and especially with my dream team, that have shared stories with me that have been lifesavers, literally lifesavers. They have made me make better decisions. They put me in a place where I had to question my motives. They allowed me to connect and be closer to them and say, I get it now. I see it now. Um, they've helped me really, really figure out things that I I couldn't necessarily explain. Um Sometimes immediately, but in other times it just took me a second, but it was so important for me to know other people's experiences with similar stories or similar, you know, past, or maybe they had a different outcome, but their goals were the same goal. Um, and so it was such a beautiful feeling to one, not feel alone you know, not feel like I was the crazy person um, to make a choice or, you know, be in the situation that I was in. Um, another really great takeaway was that I felt like I had someone else that I could share the outcome or my triumphs, my struggles, um, my disparity with, you know, there was a bond that was definitely formed because of that. Didn't feel jump, judged. I felt safe. Um, you know, going back to the negatives, there, there are times where you share your story and others may have similar or outcomes that they wish, you know, you have an outcome that they wish they have. And so here you go, reminding them of how they misstepped. And, you know, when you, you're coming to conflict with people in general and you find that every time or a majority of the time, you're unable to connect with them in ways that you seek or you need it's important to allow those things to happen because they then create the opportunity in which you're able to grow and learn from where it says you basically, you know, you need to start rethinking the individuals in which you're choosing to connect with, or you're looking to connect with because they either don't have the capability to give you what you want, or you're searching for something you didn't receive as a kid. Now, it sounds really like stupid when you say, oh my God, who you are is because of the child that you you once were or wanted to be or needed or whatever. But 
I personally believe in nature versus nurture. And I do believe in how the things that we were um, deprived of as a child shows up, you know, as we are as adults. And going back to my voice and using my voice and, and being very outspoken, I wasn't necessarily heard. You know, my mom had me at a very, at an older age where she was definitely sure she did not want to have kids. And so here comes this child, which obviously, you know, for some people can be such a blessing and so elated and wow, like, you know, God wasn't done, but not to say she was resentful towards me. She could have been, um, but she definitely was not, I wasn't in the books. I wasn't in the books and my brother definitely wasn't either. Um, and you know, it, it definitely showed in different ways where there was neglect and abandonment, um, parts and there were, you know, parts of just being frustrated where it was like, I didn't do anything. You know, that wasn't my fault um, of me being here, um, but here I am. And, um, you know, it was very easy for me to go to a place of just wanting to be hateful and angry and frustrated because there were so many different things that could fuel that. There were so many different things that that environment was just thick and warm and luscious, if you will. Um, and I really had to find ways to combat that. So going back into figuring out my ways to combat that, um, one of the ways obviously that I talked about before was this, this, this real desire to learn, to evolve, to grow, to rethink, to embrace change. And I think I was inspired by just people's stories. Like, you know, when you have certain energies that, um, attract certain people to you, you have a tendency to want to hear them out. You have a tendency to want to just, you know, absorb these things, these gems, if you will, that you receive along the way. How many of us have been in the grocery store or gone to a store in general or gone walking and someone just lay on you a piece of their life, their story, you know, where you're like, wow, like I seeing you, I would have never guessed that you've been through that or you're going through that or you had experience with something like this, like you lived that life. Um, and I know I've experienced that on several occasions where, you know, I was, you know, engaging in a friendship with someone and, you know, that person and I had shared experiences together and they, you know, share stories with me that are so personal, but yet so valuable, but dynamic to who they are and why they think the way that they think and why they, you know, um, were drawn to me perhaps, or why that person um, and me had a connection. It's because of the challenges they face or the circumstances they've been in, which have led them to that. Um, now there is, and I think we all have either maybe been there or experienced people in that way who overly share their story. Now, this is a tough one because ultimately what this means is that for me, is that people didn't believe them. People don't believe their story. And so they are going to tell it to whomever will listen. Now, 
this is tricky because personally I've had to deal with this with someone and it's hard to, Oh, it's just hard to navigate simply because it, that story. And usually the story that's being told is not necessarily a joy, joyful story. You know, people talk about their testimony, which usually is a more joyful story. But when you're talking about a a life event that that you've been through that is very defining or very disheartening, and that bubbles up over and over and over again, it's this, this, this feeling of, I'm not seen, I'm not heard, I'm not believed. And whenever I can, I mean, there's different sides to it. So you may have those who have said it, said it once and never seen it again, because when they brought it up, they were shot down. They were, um, you know, um, hurt by whatever the response was, whether it be verbally or just body language. And so they've gone into shutdown mode. But then you also have the side of the person who, you know, needs to be heard and it's going to blast that story wherever they go. Now, the thing that I see a lot with people who do that is that one, the biggest thing, they don't own that story. They don't really own it because the opportunity in which they use to vocalize that story is usually a a, a defense mechanism. It's used to protect themselves. It's used to remind others to be cautious with them, to be mindful and sensitive and um, they're unable to communicate effectively a better way to say, you know what, personally, I'm feeling attacked or I'm feeling as though I'm triggered right now and I need to remove myself from this conversation or I want to gain some better understanding or I would like for you to perhaps understand me better so that way I'm not as triggered or bothered or um, set off or put into a place where I may feel like I'm being cornered or I'm not being believed or not being seen or heard um, for where I'm at. You know, sometimes people sprinkle in their story or reiterate their story so that way whoever they're engaging with can be reminded of how to deal with them. Um, And it's actually their responsibility to understand what works and what doesn't work for them. So, you know, for instance, for me, I have uh, sometimes a hard time, depending if I know the background of the person or not, dealing with individuals who choose to be aggressive and strike my ego. I know recently I've been working on that of just adjusting my ego a little bit so that way I'm not as triggered. But, you know, when I feel that I'm being attacked, like, you know, a lot of people, um, my first inclination is to fight you know, to go back um, because I need that individual, you know, to know that no, 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 don't take my kindness, my understanding, my patience, my grace for granted. Um, But I've definitely shifted the way that I handle those circumstances to listen to my thoughts during anger moments because of the fact that it can be very easy to shift and to put myself in a downward spiral. Now, what prompted that was the many times that I had gotten angry or frustrated and I've opted to um, 
react angrily and the aftermath that I had to deal with. So I don't know if many of you have experienced this, but when you get into an argument, there's a lot of debriefing, at least for me personally, that I go through that I re- sometimes replay the argument. Sometimes there's things I'm like, oh, I should have said this. Why didn't I think of that? Um, you know, I can't believe that person said this. Um, you know, what was I thinking when I said that? That didn't even make sense. You know, I'm a very analytical person. So I'm, I'm going through reliving, you know, that, or I'm going back to other instances in which I was triggered or upset and I maybe didn't speak on it. And it is now being completely brought to the table. And I'm having to unpack all of that. I'm having to sit with all of that instead of feeling like, you know what, what I received from that conversation and engagement was understanding that I needed to understand something or I needed to explain myself better or I needed to connect with that person. I need to reassure that person. I need to give that person a little bit more love or passion um, so that way they could feel my presence and they could understand that I come from a good place. If the outcomes of my um, argumentative encounters were so draining, so emotionally draining. I didn't leave room or anything for myself. I wasn't able to give that to anybody else. I wasn't able to stay on top of, um, you know, where I wanted to be in life. And because it it, it went left so abruptly, um, it was just completely, completely saddening and crippling to be in that state of mind, to be in that place. And I didn't want my story to be that way, that every single time I had an opportunity, I took a jab or I made a statement or I made a defining statement or I did something that was completely out of character only because this individual or this circumstance put me in that place. And I wanted to just live on that high horse. Um, I really, really had to recognize the roles that I played in situations that I work really, really hard to make different and just do different and be different to get to a better end result. Um, I think when you are going through your journey and you are really, really trying to own and understand and recognize the person that you are and who you want to be and just giving yourself a little bit more love because of the flaws that you um, are finding yourself with. Um, You take a second to just to breathe, take a second to breathe, humble yourself. That's something that, you know, I talked about at the beginning of the year of just being more fearless and making less fear-driven decisions. I think a big part of that too, when it comes to your story is sometimes fear-driven decisions aren't always, you literally feel scared. Sometimes they are more leaning towards, what if I did all this work and it amounted to nothing? So it's like, what's, there's no motivation. There's no, what's the point? Um, but a, a part of that too is like, what if it did? And what if you knew it will, and you still don't do it because you're afraid of the outcome that's going to then put you in another place where you're going to have to level the fuck up. What about that? 
Um, and, you know, I really meant it when I said that. And I have been in replaying that, you know, in the back of my mind. And I, that's where the move came from. And that's where a lot of facing very uncomfortable situations have come from. And, you know, growth isn't easy and it's not, um, the outcomes don't always happen the way that we would like it to. And it's not supposed to, that's just life. Um, but you have to slow down and you have to humble yourself to acknowledge your path, your journey, the, uh, uniqueness in which you bring to the table and how valuable it is to not only yourself, your community, your tribe, your circle. It's so important. It doesn't have to be a tattoo. It doesn't have to be seen or heard every single time you interact with other people. You know, I make it a point to deal with the things that shape me negatively and trigger me in the best way I know how by going to therapy, speaking to my my circle. You know, when you are faced with the same situation, for instance, that your story has historically given you the same outcome and you want different, you want better, you don't, it doesn't hurt to try a different outcome. It doesn't try, it doesn't hurt to try a different option. So that way you can hope for something different and better, you know, putting in a different ingredient, you're going to get a different result. I don't care how you look at it, Um, but you won't get them if you don't try, if you don't allow yourself to be there. You know, when you don't feel heard or seen or understood, your outlook is so exhausting. I hate to say it because almost every single opportunity, you're in search of something that is within, that is a belief, your self-worth, not seeing how your other interactions, it may not be with this individual or this you know, community or this, you know, experience where you receive, you know, that feeling, that valve sometimes is so shut off because you put yourself in this bubble of this story that you've been replaying and you've been reliving and you've been um, breathing life into over and over again because you're comfortable with it. You know, the ending people are drawn to you because of it for the wrong reasons, but they're drawn to you because of it. They support you because of it. They love you because of it. It has come your become your whole entire thing. But the reality is you cannot shift your environment. You cannot shift your well-being. You cannot shift your mindset if you don't believe in what you say. Now, initially, you may not believe it. You may not feel like you've overcome. You may not feel like you've been able to see things. But if you humble yourself, if you put yourself in a place where you can take a step back and pay attention to the whole scope of what in your life has gone right, or that's where you have the people who who have different perspectives. If you take a second to just accept what they're saying to you to be true, just for a little bit, where you start to feel more comfortable with that narrative and that version, it doesn't take away from the story. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just means that this story does not define you, does not put you in a place where you are in such a deeper hole you can't dig yourself out of. That story of how 
how big of a hole that I'm in dot com. It's just not it because sometimes you're the one with the shovel behind your back the whole time. And as people look away, as people turn away, you get to digging and you get to digging and you get to digging and you feel good about it because there's it's bottomless. You get to digging. You know how this goes. And as soon as you invite someone to hear the story or you repeat the story, you you hide that shovel. You know, some people are really good at tolerating it. Some people are not. You know, today I definitely took a stab at just saying, I see the shovel. I know that it's there. And I'm sorry that that was the only tool that you felt was good enough. I'm sorry that you felt that this tool is essential, that this tool is carrying you through life. But I'm here on the other side. I'm here up here looking down at you and there's so much more to life. There's so much more to you. There's so many new opportunities that can be there. Let's plant a seed. Let's plant a seed. Let's figure out ways to water it. Let's figure out ways to grow it, to take care of it. So something new and bright and, you know, a version of you can grow within it. And you can tell that story. You can tell that story instead. Yes, the hole exists. Yes, the dirt around it exists. Yes, the mug, the the insects, the roots, the, the rocks, the... The uncertainty exists, but you know what you did? You planted a seed instead of planting an opportunity or digging further down and you're watching it grow and you're nurturing it and it's not hurting you anymore. It's not fighting you anymore. It's not a tireless experience anymore. It's a really good example of what you've been able to do with little to nothing at all. And you've let life take over instead to work its magic, to put you in a better place, to put you with a better opportunity. And look what you have designed. Look what you have grown out of sheer, just complete, you know, nothingness. Nothingness, but air, dirt, water, sun, just a little bit of things that you can't control either. Look at that. What a blessing that is. What an exciting opportunity that is. There's so many parts of my story that I can sometimes be shameful of. I'm not going to lie. There's certain parts of my story that I'm I'm shameful of, um, you know, that I'm not happy with, that I wish were different. Um, They stem from things that I couldn't control. So for example, my father in my life and the lack thereof my father in my life you know, um, and how that led to relationships that I have and relationships with men in general. I can be very weary of them. I think as females in general, you're kind of taught to be um, apprehensive about men because you just don't know what their intentions are. My friendships with men um, have usually gone towards them, you know, liking me and me not liking them. Um, I have missed out on friendships that I wish were still there, you know, just a lot of heartbreak in that world. And so it definitely presents a challenge for me, um, when it comes to figuring out 
how to navigate those relationships. I definitely am in a better place now than I've ever been. Um, but it's about confidence and believing that this is not what I want. I'm not going to entertain a friendship that I really could care less about. Or just because my father wasn't necessarily active in that way, I think once now that I've gained ownership of that story and I've not allowed that story to dictate me, you know, my father and I have is more access to my life than I think he has had with any of his kids. Um, and I think it's because not that I overlooked, you know, the things that he basically didn't give me, um, but a part of him didn't even have it in the first place. It wasn't, he never had it, but I'm so determined not to allow his flaws to become my flaws and, you know, continuing, continuing, continuing. Um, it's more of, you know, me wanting to say, you know what, I'm going to absorb the life that God has given me so that way I can create and define and navigate a different life. Um, I still have many fears. I still have many ugly places that I go to sometimes with my thoughts, even in this podcast, I'm over here thinking about like, wow, I'm going to be 32 this year. And I feel like most of my life is already gone. That's not necessarily true, but you know, my story is so diverse in what I've been able to gain and learn. And I know there's so much more there's, it's almost like, being able to kind of see something ahead of me that is so magnificent and so unique and delicious and warm and great, but not be able to know what the ingredients are. And, you know, the other part of me is like nervous and scared because it's there. And if I don't prepare myself or if I don't show up for myself, I won't receive it. So it's this back and forth of just, you know, how important it is, my story is to what I'm doing now or what I want to do in the future. Um, you know, you got to love yourself for whatever your story may be and whatever you the, ch- the champion that you are. We're not, we don't always feel like champions. We don't always feel like owners of our story. We don't always feel like, you know, our story gave us things that couldn't have been received with just a little note, a quote, maybe, you know, I would have understood the concept. Um, But, you know, over time and just kind of conditioning, you'll be able to recognize the beauty of our flaws and our, our stories. You know, it's the overall picture it's still gorgeous. It's still wonderful. It's still amazing as we have opportunities day by day to be able to create and design a new life, a better life. Don't ever let anyone take that away from you. Don't even, even yourself, don't ever allow that to happen because that's when you just stop living. You just start just being at that point. Nobody wants that, you know, in your story, it's just one like little drop in a huge, huge ocean. Okay. It's not done. It's not over. There's so much more. 
And I don't care if there's so much more. It's three years, two years, a day. There's so much more to it all. This doesn't define you. It's just a page. One page. I'm pretty sure if you thumb through it, you ain't going to be able to find it again. So don't let that stop you. Don't let that hurt you, hold you back in any way, shape, or form. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Everything in Me. I really, really appreciate it. This episode is one for the books. Um, definitely feels good, you know, to be more regular again. And I'm happy that I'm showing up for myself a little bit more and you guys are benefiting, you know, from that. And I appreciate everyone for listening. And for those of you who don't feel comfortable telling your story and who are just listening from afar or, you know, wondering where can they go from this? There's so many possibilities. There's so many opportunities. Open your mind to just different ways of thinking, moving, living. Um, never stop learning. Never stop, you know, absorbing other people's story and how they came from one extreme to another. There's so many different stories out there. You're, listen, yours is drowning within the noise of all the different stories out there. Don't blow up your story larger than it needs to be, but don't be afraid to be the story that helps shift someone else into a better space, into a better place in life.